0: Good morning, Harvest. So glad to be here with you this morning. Uh, My name is Daniel Meyer, and I have the privilege of serving on staff as the uh, Director of Integration and uh, Discipleship. And a cool part about my job is that I get to oversee the welcome team and uh, a lot of you got your handshaked as you walked through and saw some smiling faces, right? So uh, if you hear any shameless plugs uh, to sign up to join the welcome team, you can't blame me, okay? All right. So um, let's get into the text this morning. Uh, we're in Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10. So why don't you flip there, Colossians 1, at 9 and 10. And while you're going there, I, I've been in ministry for only a few years now, but um, one thing I've noticed is that there's always this one question that comes up. Uh, No matter what age group you're teaching, no matter what profession the person is in, no matter what stage of life uh, they find themselves in, this one question is always, always asked. It's this. What is God's will for my life? Have you asked that? Or simply put, what does God want me to do next? Or how would God want me to handle this situation And so in Colossians 1 this morning, we're going to see how we can be filled with the will of God in a knowledge from him. Um, But often we find it hard uh, to be pleasing to God. Have you been there? I've been there. You're like, I I, I don't know the will of God in my life. Um, How do I find the will of God? I keep asking, um, but I don't seem to be filled with it. So again, let's turn in our Bibles, Colossians 1. Uh, verse 9 and 10, and would you stand with me um, show reverence for God's word as we read? Starting in verse 9, it says, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you now, knowing that without you, we are here in vain. God, we come as your people gathered around your word, asking God, would you meet with us here and teach us, Lord? God, would you fill this place with your spirit, O God? Lord, your word says that your word never returns void. So God, would you do a work here today? Lord, we love you. Lord, we need you. Be with us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. All right, so we want a knowledge of God's will. We want to know what God's will is for our lives. And so our first point is this, very simple, very straightforward, but so true. I need to ask for it. I need to ask for it. If I want to know what God's will is, how else am I going to get it? But I need to ask for it. But before we ask, we need to know what we're asking for, right? Uh, We could be asking and we have no idea what we're asking for. So before we ask, we need to know what we're asking for. Often we are disappointed when we ask for something because God, um, asking something from God because we're asking the wrong question. Have you ever done this? I've I've done this. You kind of put before God two options, right? You say, hey, hey, hey God, um, should I take uh, job A or job B? Pick one, Lord, tell me. God, should I go to Western University or to Queen's University? The answer is always Western, all right? No, that's okay. God, uh, should I go to this church or that church? God, here are two options I'm gonna put before you and I'm gonna back you into a corner and you have to pick one. We're giving God an ultimatum. We're saying, Lord, your will can only consist of these two options. Tell me which one it is. Consider this. Maybe God is more concerned with how you do something than what you are doing. Maybe God is more concerned with how you do something than what it is you're doing. I'll give you an example here. Uh, You could be serving, say, on the welcome team, and you could be doing it for all the wrong reasons. I mean, I'm so blessed to have a team of people who get here early, they're in prayer, they're in the word, and they're here to seek to serve God. But you could be on the welcome team um, and and shaking hands and and smiling at people, and in your heart, the only thing you're thinking about is, I want people to see me. I want to be the face of our church. Um, I want to be in a leadership position one day, and this is a great stepping stone. I want people to notice me. Um, This week was a really hard week uh, in sin in my life and struggle, so I'm going to serve extra hard this week so I can get right with God. All of these things uh, prove a heart that is not really serving in a servant's heart. Um, But your heart should be saying, no, 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 I want to welcome people so that they can serve the almighty God and feel comfortable in this place of worship. I want to welcome people as Christ has welcomed me Less of me, more of him. And and look at what John 15, 7 says. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So are we asking while abiding in him or abiding in our own passions? Are we putting things before God so that it could fulfill our desires and our worldly pursuits and our our passions or are we seeking the Lord while we are abiding in him? It's when we align our expectations with what scripture actually teaches that we will find the will of God in our lives. The will of God is that you would be sanctified The will of God is that you would grow to be more like Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 4.3 says this, that very simply the will of God is your sanctification. So God's will is that we would grow to be more like Jesus and that often doesn't look like what we think it will. But here the text goes on. Track with me here. It says that we may be filled with a knowledge in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, all right? So we, we want to be filled with the will and it says that we need the spiritual wisdom and the spiritual understanding. So the natural question is, well what is the spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding? What is that and how do I get me some of that, right? All right, so Paul here is really talking about the same thing, spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding, he's using them as synonyms to reinforce his point. He's kind of repeating himself. He, you need spiritual wisdom and understanding. You need this spiritual wisdom. You need this spiritual understanding that can only come from God. But uh, I'm sure many of you, uh, all of you, have experienced this where the world is trying to push on its spiritual, not spiritual, it the world's wisdom and the world's understanding. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, if you've watched TV for more than five minutes or uh, you listen to the radio like I do on uh, the way home from work, you hear this commercial, all right? Um, Buy physical gold and silver. Anyone can relate? Buy physical gold and silver. Invest now in bullion. Have you heard this? All right, I know I got a face for radio and a voice for, not for radio, but... Buy gold and silver. And why do these commercials push this on us? It's a philosophy, it's a a theology for your life. It's because we wanna make a good investment. We want to secure our future and have good security for our retirement. We we want to be brought wealth. We wanna increase in this world. We want to have more of the things that this world has to offer. That's the philosophical statement that's being presented to us. It's wisdom from this world, it's understanding that comes from a temporal life. Quickly look, if you want to flip there, please do, to Proverbs 2, uh, verse 1 and 6. One of my favorite texts in all of Scripture, Proverbs 2, 1 and 6. If you don't have a Bible, grab a Bible, Proverbs 2, 1 to 6. It says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding yes if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure then you will understand the fear of the lord and find the knowledge of god for the lord gives wisdom from his mouth come under knowledge and understanding where does spiritual wisdom and understanding come from it comes from the lord Paul wants us to know very clearly here. If you want the will of God, it's a spiritual wisdom. It's a spiritual understanding that you need. It has to come from God. You can't get this wisdom from the world. You can't get this understanding from the world. It has to come from the Lord. This is definitely wisdom that is not from man. So first, we need to know what we're asking for. And secondly, we, before we ask, we need to know that this is available. We need to know that this wisdom is available to us and uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're sitting here uh, today and, and you're like, this never seems available. I've asked for the Lord's will. I, I just never know what he wants for all my life and, and this is only available to uh, my pastor. This is only available to that super hyper spiritual guy that raises his hand during worship or this is only available to my parents who've been going to church their whole life. No, 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 no. This is available to you, you, you right now. The Word says, look at at what Scripture says. Verse 9, it says, We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. You may be filled with the knowledge of His will. You don't have to wonder you don't have to question or, or ponder, is, can I get to know God's will? Yes, you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Clear as day in scripture, you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. But uh, my, my problem, honestly, in, in all of this, and maybe you can relate to me, is that I want this to come easy. I want this to come real easy i want I want to ask like God like one time, 'm like, Lord, would you um, fill me, please, God, with your wisdom? Remember that time you know, like three or four months ago, when I was studying your word and you revealed so much to me, and it was just such a good time? God, I need that now and 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 the truth is is that i can't i can 't stop asking i I need to be consistently filled and and I want it to come easy, but it 's hard work it it 's continuous and and some of us here. Maybe we think that we're already filled. And if we don't think that, maybe we act like it. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're like me, and at a young age, you, you accepted the Lord. I was six. Maybe, maybe you were ten, and in a wanna you put your hand up and you and you agreed with the, the message, and you said, I, I, I wanna follow the Lord. Or maybe when you were an adult, maybe here at Harvest, you heard the gospel for the first time and it clicked, and, and you were saved. And and you trusted in Jesus Christ, and, and all of a sudden the gospel made sense to you. And, you started to follow him, but that's not the only part of your salvation. That was where you were saved. For sure, you're secured in Jesus Christ, but your salvation continues. That is one part of salvation we call justification, but there's sanctification and glorification. And so why don't we just, um, just take one minute? and we're gonna just walk through these, all right? Make sure we all understand, we're all on the same page of what these big words mean, all right? So um, first up is justification, okay? So look at this, this is very helpful, justification. So it says we have been saved, all right? What have we been saved from? The penalty of sin. We've been saved from the penalty of sin. Christ died on the cross and, and your sin has been forgiven and his righteousness has been placed on you and, and, and you've been saved from the penalty of sin. You will not face the wrath of God, you will face his mercy. You have been saved and Ephesians two eight nine and 9 says it really well. It says, for by grace you have been saved, past tense, do you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God that's Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And so when we trust in Jesus, we're uh, saved. And even in our own text, in Colossians, it, it kind of wraps us up really well too. In, in verse 13 and 14, it says, he has delivered, past tense, he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So you have been forgiven. That is your justification. That's your beginning of salvation. But your salvation doesn't end there. And we move on to sanctification, all right? So sanctification is we are being saved it's a continual saving we are being saved from what from the power of sin we are being saved from the power of sin and first 1 corinthians 1:18 1 says for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of god sanctification is the process of becoming more holy it's the process of becoming like jesus christ And uh, this is the heart of our text today. We're talking about sanctification. From Colossians 1, 9 through uh, even 11, it's talking about being filled, prayer without ceasing. It's this constant growing in Christ. It's our sanctification and still part of our salvation. And lastly, glorification. Can I get an amen for glorification? Amen. Right. One day before the Lord in glory, perfect before Him, worshiping Him eternally. And glorification means that we will be saved. From what? From the presence of sin. Sin no more. <sighs> come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And Acts 15, 11 says... Uh, but we believe that we will be saved, future tense, we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will, and so we will be made new. Um, we will be saved, and, and, our, and our text, if you go down to verse 12, it, it talks about this as well. It says, uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. Right, future tense, an inheritance that we will receive. We will be saved. We've been saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. So don't think that because one time you said a prayer, you know, that's it, you've been filled, it's over. No, 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 you're being saved now and you need to constantly be filled. I need to constantly be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And so if now we know we need to be continually filled. We're being sanctified. I know that I need to be continually filled. I need to ask for it without ceasing. I need to ask for it without ceasing. The prayer can never stop. We have to continually ask for this. Look at what happens, look at what happens. It says in in verse nine that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. Isn't that cool? You keep asking, God keeps filling. You keep asking, God keeps filling. God's wisdom river keeps on flowing, and we gotta tap into that, all right? The stream never dries up. It is continuous, and and we need to ask for it constantly. Lord, give me more of your wisdom. Please, 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 please. God is willing. God is wanting to give you his wisdom. We have to ask for it. God, please, without ceasing. And um, this is my question for all of us here. Knowing that truth is this, what else could be more important? Like, what else? Do do we really, like, do do we really not have time for this? Do we not have time to ask the creator of the universe who created you? who knows every hair on your head, who knows you better than you, who knows all things in creation, who is working all things together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. Do we really not have time to ask him who is willing to fill us with his will? Do we really not have time to ask? Let me ask you this. What needs to be cut out from your schedule forever to make room for this? What needs to be changed in your life that you can find time to ask the creator of the universe to be filled with his wisdom? I look at my own life, it's like, Daniel, like, do you you really need to do another home renovation and forfeit the blessing of being filled with God's will because it takes up all your spare time? Like, oh, like my house will be rubble one day, but the word of the Lord remains forever and we will be worshiping with him in eternity. Daniel, do you really need 15 minutes of extra sleep in the morning? instead of being on my face before the Lord, crying out, God, please, please fill me with your will. Fill me with a spiritual knowledge. Fill me with a spiritual understanding so I can serve you and I can please you. God, forgive me if I've worshiped sleep more than I've worshiped you. God, forgive me if I've desired sleep and rest more than your will. God, forgive me. How could anything be more important and, and, and this whole time here, I'm talking about us asking for us, right? Me asking for me, God fill me. But look at the text. What is the text really saying here? It says that Paul is asking for others, right? He says that I have not ceased to pray for you. I haven't ceased to pray for you that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Think about this truth. Consider this amazing truth. That God would use the prayers of His saints to reveal His will to other believers so that they would be sanctified. I'll say that again. God uses the prayers of His saints to reveal His will to other believers that they would be sanctified. Wow. One of our pillars here is that we believe firmly in the power of prayer. This is why because prayer works. Without prayer, we're dead. If we don't pray, we're saying to the Lord, I don't need you. But here we have an opportunity to pray for others and this is my, my two questions on this would be for my life for you. Uh, number one is this. Who, who, who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? L- listen, listen. Do not, do not feel guilty in this moment. Don't feel guilty, that's from the enemy. Feel conviction from the Holy Spirit. And don't worry about the last three, four months of not praying for someone. Don't worry about this morning. Don't worry about 10 minutes ago. Right now, right now, who is the Holy Spirit putting on your heart that you could pray for that they would be filled with a knowledge of his will? Don't worry about the past. Right now, God's worried about right now. Who can you pray for? Who are you praying for? There's so much power in that. Like how much power? How much power is in this prayer? Lord God. Please, please God, fill fill my wife with a knowledge of your will. God, please Lord, would you fill my pastor with a knowledge of your will? Lord, fill my children. Fill my children with a knowledge of your There's a lot of things I can't do. There's a lot of things you can't do. But we can all pray. Anytime, any place, to a father who is listening. God, would you fill these people, God? Would you fill them with the knowledge of your will? My second question for you is this. Why wouldn't we ask for people to pray for us? What gets in the way? Why wouldn't, if we know this is true, that That God is going to use someone else's prayer to bless me. How can I not ask them to pray for me? Does pride get in the way? Oh, does pride get in the way in my heart? Yes. Do I want people to see me as I've got it all together? Does pride get in the way so that people think that um, I don't need more help? Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us when we're too proud to ask to be prayed for. We can always be filled. We are constantly being filled. It doesn't end, so there's no excuse. We need to be filled again and again and again, so please pray for me. The power in that prayer is incredible. I had someone this morning come to me and tell me, I was in tears praying for you yesterday morning. Do you know what that means? Wow. I was praying for you that the Lord would bless you. The Lord works through that. God hears that prayer and he honors that prayer. All of this, all of this can't be done without Jesus. All of this. We can't even ask for this wisdom without Jesus. Flip over to chapter two, uh, verse two and three. It says this, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, you see that? Christ is the wisdom in him are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and maybe and maybe you 're here today, and um, you 've been seeking this world uh, for who knows how long for an understanding, for some wisdom, for some pleasure or for some joy and time and time again, the promise that you 've been given has failed. And right now, you're here this morning on the end of your rope because everything this world has had to offer has failed you. Let me tell you this, the wisdom you seek, the understanding you're searching for, the joy, the the blessing, it's all found in Jesus Christ. And if you would repent of your sin, if you would say, God, I've sought after this world, I've seeked the pleasures of this world, I've looked everywhere but to you for peace and joy and life, but God, it is in your son who died for me on the cross that he would take my sin and give me his righteousness that I could be saved and, and know the Father and be filled with his will. Let me tell you, that is where you will find joy. That is where you will find peace. That is where you'll find understanding. And believer, the truth is, is when we ask to be filled with God's will, it shows such dependence on the Lord. It shows such dependence on the Lord. All right. So there's so much purpose in this, right? We wanna, we wanna be receiving the knowledge of God. We wanna know his will so we can live in a light, way that is pleasing to him. And so this is our, this is our next point here. Um, it's this. If, if, if I've asked for it, I need to walk in it right? I need to walk in it. Um, it, It's great to have the knowledge. It's great to know it, but if we're not walking in it, it's pretty useless, right? Uh, We need to let our mind be transformed and our heart changed and our actions will follow. We can't leave it up here. We've got to move it down here, So verse 10 uh, says this. It says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We must walk in this. And uh, Paul here really clearly, you can see it. It's right in your text. Paul gives three ways. So we're gonna walk through those three ways. They're right in scripture. Can you see them? Right in scripture? Three ways that we can walk in a way that is fully pleasing to the Lord. Let our minds be transformed and our hearts changed and our actions will follow. All right, what's the first one there? You see it, you see it? Walk fully pleasing to God. Walk fully pleasing to God. Remember, we are out to seek a life pleasing to God, so we need to ask, we need to walk, but how can I walk in a way that is pleasing to God if I don't know what he likes? If I don't know what his will is, if I don't know what is pleasing to him? Uh, Let me give you an example, all right? Uh, From my household, maybe this will help, okay? Uh, My wife, she absolutely loves flowers. Are there some wives in the room that can attest to loving flowers? All right. But you, you love flowers, but you actually never buy them for yourself, right? Like you love it when someone buys you flowers, right? So my wife's just like that. She loves uh, flowers. And uh, so, you know, think, picture this. I'm at work and one day I'm like, okay, I want to get in the good books with my wife. All right. She's sweet. She's wonderful. And, and so I'm going to buy her some flowers. And so I'm thinking about her all day, and after work, I I go to the store, and I found the place where uh, they're selling the flowers, and I grab a big old, um, what are they called when you put the flowers together, the bouquet, right, a bouquet of carnations, and I, I grab that bouquet of carnations, and, and I take it, and I spend a lot of money on flowers. Are any florists here? Like, you're making a killing, all right? Flowers are expensive, okay? So, so I've spent a ton of money on flowers, and, and I bring those flowers home, and I come up to the door with a big smug look on my face, and put them behind my back, and I knock the door and, and, and Mandy comes and she opens the door. She looks at me like, what are you doing? Like, it's your house. Why are you knocking on the door? Right. And, 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 and so she's, uh, I'm like, well, wife, I love you. I'm here to please you. And I bought you these carnations. And uh, the truth is you're like, okay, good job, Daniel, right? No, no. she's going to look at me very confused and, and, and almost annoyed probably because even though I've thought about her all day and even though I've went and bought flowers and picked them out and spent a lot of money on these flowers and surprised her with them, my wife doesn't like carnations. She likes roses. <laughs> but the truth is we do the same thing to God. We think that we are pleasing God and we're acting in what we think would be right. We're we're working for Christ, but we're we're doing it in our time and in our way for us. And we're showing up with carnations, but we need to be showing up with roses. How can you please God if you don't know him? How can you please God if you don't spend time with him? How can you please God if you don't know what he likes? There's so much opportunity to find out how God would be pleased by your actions. Paul continues here, and and he moves to the second point of how we can walk in a way that is worthy. Do you see it right there? It says that we would walk by bearing fruit. We would walk by bearing fruit. Look at our text, right? And it says that we would bear fruit in every good work. That we would bear fruit in every good work. Not just good works, but that we would bear fruit in every good work. And, and right here, if you just put your eyes up to verse six in Colossians one, right? It talks about how God is working in the world. And so we see this parallel that as God is working in the world, God's people are working in the world. And as God's gospel is bearing fruit in the world, God's people are bearing fruit in the world. We see this connection that with righteous thinking comes righteous actions and righteous conduct. So we need to get our theology correct. We need to understand who God is and and what he wants. And then our actions will be transformed and we will bear much Fruit for the kingdom of God, and this is incredible that God wants to use you, to bear fruit for his kingdom. Isn't that awesome? The king of Kings, Lord of Lords, creator of all things, wants to use me. Uh, Isaiah 2:22 uh, says, "Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is br- uh, breath. God's saying, "Don't regard man, He has to breathe. It's like the biggest insult ever, right? You have to breathe, like, come on, right? He wants to use me, I have to breathe, I have to sleep at night, I need to eat for sustenance, and he wants to use me? He wants to use you, he does. He wants to use you powerfully to bear much fruit for his kingdom. The opportunity is there to serve God. To work for him, to bear fruit for his kingdom, we have to take it. And Do you see the third thing there that Paul is saying, how we can walk in a manner that is worthy, the third thing there? It says that we would walk by increasing in the knowledge of God, that we would walk by increasing in the knowledge of God. You have to ask for knowledge, and as you begin to walk in a way that is worthy of the Lord, you begin to increase in the knowledge of God. And this is starting to sound a little circular, right? You catching on to that? In the first part of the verse we're talking about, okay, we've got to ask for this um, wisdom and this understanding and then we'll start to walk in it because we understand it and then now I'm saying, well, your walking is increasing in the knowledge of God. So like you're back at the beginning, right? Well, I heard it said once, uh, actually I read this uh, from a theologian. He was saying, well, it's not, very, it's, not, it's not so much circular but it's more like a spiral, all right? And to add a little Pizzazz to it. I'm going to call it a glorious upward spiral. All right, can you track with that? A glorious upward spiral. All right. So we're down here, right? We get saved. We accept the Lord, and um, because of that, we, we start to read His Word. All right, and we, and so we start to read His Word, and and we're increasing in the knowledge of God. We start to memorize some Scripture, right? And then, and in that, we're challenged to serve, um, maybe on the worship team or the welcome team or whatever. And we start to and we start to serve, and then in the serving, we begin to know what it's like. Uh, to be like Christ. We start to serve others and we start to grow in the knowledge of God and, and as that continues, um, we start to serve more and in more purity and humility and, and we become more like Christ every time we begin to serve and, and, and we begin to know more and more and more and it continually, continually goes up all the way up to glorification because this is your sanctification. And as we serve, we will become more like Christ. If you guys have ever been to, well, a great opportunity after the service today, step one. Um, but after step one is step two. And in step two, we talk about what discipleship looks like at harvest, all right? And uh, we talk about the three W's of harvest, worship, walk, and work. And so this is worship, right? This is getting together, worshiping the Lord, um, uh, praying, um, singing, and hearing the word preached, right? We're worshiping God. Secondly, um, uh, walk, right? Getting in a small group, getting into accountability, walking with brothers, sisters, and sisters in Christ, and um, uh, walking together into application and uh, to what the Word says in our lives. And then thirdly is work. And uh, that's working for Christ in, in a serving sort of um, arrangement. And uh, we have this graph, and it kind of shows a very simple graph, very helpful, though. It kind of goes up like this. You're saved, and you're growing, and then and then it kind of plateaus. And that's because if you're not serving, if you're not working for Christ, your spiritual um, maturity and understanding starts to plateau. You're not growing in Christ anymore. You're just going to struggle with the same things. You're not understanding more of who Christ is, and you just kind of plateau and level off. But as you start to serve, you're giving of yourself. You're learning humility. You're learning what these things mean and you learn more about who God is and you continue to grow in Christ. And as we seek to live a life that is pleasing to God, walking in a way that is worthy of him, we must keep growing. If you are justified, you will be sanctified. And so we must continue to keep growing. And uh, this is amazing that God uses obedience to increase your knowledge. I think that's so cool. God uses obedience that you know to increase your knowledge of him. All right, so what we've talked about so far is really kind of heady, right? Like it's knowledge, it's it's theoretical, right? We're talking about, okay, so if I theoretically ask and then I'll know these things and then God will uh, have me walk in them and then I'll know him more, okay, 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 okay. But what does that actually look like, right? Like in your life today, what does this practically look like? So I've written down three things here I want you to walk away with that I hope are helpful, they've been super helpful to me That you can uh, that you can do, all right? So, Three ways you can deepen your, deepen your understanding of God's will. All right, number one, okay? Have a plan and read your Bible. So simple, right? Have a plan, have a time, have a place, be consistent, make it a priority, and read your Bible. You know, if you download uh, the ESV app, like on your phone, uh, there for free is like 20 reading plans for free. Uh, read the Bible in a year, read it chronologically, read it in two years, read the Psalms, everything. And every day it pops up and tells you what your verses are. I mean, for me, that's great. I love that. And for some people here, you might say like, oh, I can read 30 chapters of scripture a day. Praise the Lord for you, all right? Um, But for the rest of us, uh, maybe we can only get through uh, two or three verses, right? And that's okay. That's okay. Read those verses, meditate on those verses Meet with God. Ask him, Lord, show me in your word who you are. Have a place. Have a time. And don't be discouraged if you miss a day. Just get back on it. God is faithful. God is trusting and loving and worthy. And if we start back up, he will be faithful with that. So have a plan. Read your Bible. Number two is prepare your heart for worship, all right? Prepare your heart for worship. Okay, it's Sunday morning, all right, and it's almost like you wake up in the morning and uh, the enemy is trying to keep you in bed all day, right? You guys face this? (laughs) It's like, why is my bed so comfortable on Sunday morning? Right. And uh, the truth is, is we're slow and then we stay in bed a little longer and then we've got to get the kids ready, you know, and then, and, and, and then we're finally getting to the car, we're running late and then we get in an argument with our spouse and it's like, ah, oh, and, and then we get to church and we've got to usher our kids up into Harvest Kids and then by the time we get into the worship center, we still got our coats on, salt on our boots and the sermon's already started and we're like, what just happened? Like, t- time is flying by, right? I get it. I understand. It's hard, right? It's tough. It's a season of life. Um, but how are you in that moment ready to receive the knowledge of God's will you're thinking about what happened this morning you're thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow uh, what's going on at work what's going on with that family brunch later on today it's everything is running through your mind right and the last thing you're thinking about is Lord fill me Lord fill me so get to church try try get to church early I find, honestly, I am, I've received the most. I'm so blessed when I get into the pew five minutes early and I just pray, God, would you be glorified here? Lord, would you take away distractions from my mind? Would you let me be filled with a knowledge of your will? God, would I be um, so blessed by the preaching of your word? Lord, would I gather every word you have for me? Would there not be any roadblocks or, or hindrances in my mind, Lord, but let me be filled with a knowledge of your will, change my heart, let me be more like Christ, Sanctify me, sanctify me. Let the busyness of the world stay out there. And thirdly, ask specifically for the grace to desire God more. Ask specifically, don't beat around the bush. Ask specifically, God, make me desire you more. Lord, give me the grace to love you more. Give me the grace in my life to seek you more. Uh, There's this great great quote um, by A.W. Tozer from his book, The Pursuit of God, at the end of the first chapter. It's a little prayer he has, and I think this is tremendously helpful. So I'm going to read it, and um, uh, we're going to close soon, but uh, this is what it says. O God, I have tasted thy goodness, and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need of further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire. O God, the triune God, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show me thy glory, I pray thee, so that I may know thee indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, any love, my fair one, and come away then give me grace to rise and follow thee up from this misty lowland where I have wandered so long. In Jesus' name, amen. Could that be our prayer? Lord, I want to want thee. I want to thirst more. So if we wanna live a life in God's will, if we wanna live a life pleasing to God, we have to ask for it. We have to realign our expectations with what we're actually asking for and what scripture actually teaches uh, We need to allow God to fill us and we need to walk in it. As our minds are transformed, our heart will be changed. Our actions will follow. We need to walk in it. So let's commit. Let's commit to seeking the Lord for his will. Aligning our expectations with his so that we can live a life in his will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are feeble people. We are often distracted by this world. Lord, we are often distracted by what this world has to offer. But God, would you set our mind on you? Oh Lord, would you fill us with a knowledge of your will? God, would you continue to sanctify us? Oh Lord, I want to want you. Place this desire in my heart. Fill me with your will, O God, that I may live a life that is pleasing to you. Increase my knowledge of you, God. Increase the fruit that I bear. Let my life be for you and not for my passions, not for my desires, O God, but for you and yours. Let me abide in you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.